I didn't really like school when I was younger. I got picked on a lot. I wasn't considered a popular kid in school. I tended more to gravitate towards like the kids who didn't have a lot of friends. You know, people like that. And then once I reached high school, things kind of like mellowed out. I actually liked high school. It was like peaceful, I guess. I had a lot of friends because I moved to One Sound and I ended up having a lot of friends there. There was a lot of happy moments. Christmases were happy, like holidays were happy. Uh, going camping with my family's happy times. We did a lot of that. I moved out of my mom's house when I was 18 years old to be with my son's father. After we had our son, we were together for two and a half years after that and then I ended up leaving because it was an abusive relationship. My son, he's my little man. My ex tried to like make it difficult every step of the way because I missed out on some time with him. I know that there's going to come a point where I have to explain it. One night, I was walking down the street, and um, there was this car that was driving along behind me. And this car just, like, pulled up. It was really strange how it all happened. So that car that was following me, like, took off. And all of a sudden, there's this other car there, and there's two men in the car. And they asked me if I wanted a ride. And I said no. And I kept walking. And I go across the street to the Tim Hortons to sit and try and figure out what I'm going to do because I was scared. I didn't know, like, what was going on. And I remember I told my mom that there was bad people after me. <laughs> so I got to Tim Hortons and I was sitting there and that same guy came in and he could see that I was upset. So he said, you know, like, you're upset, you look upset. You're going to have to tell me what's going on. So I ended up telling him that I was freaked out that I didn't know what I was going to do so he said that I could come and stay at the hotel room with him and that I would be safe and nobody would get me and I would be fine for the night and then I ended up waking up and I was on my way to Sudbury so from that point I was a missing person for nine months. <laughs> I was trafficked <sighs> for all that time. <sighs> they kept me in hotel rooms. They took me to, like, different parts of Toronto. I was in London. Like, I was all over the place. And they would keep me in the room. They would do all the interactions with the men that they were 
you know, trying to get to come. They would agree to all kinds of stuff. Didn't matter as long as it paid more. I had to do whatever they said. Like, I was... I was, like, tortured. Like, physically tortured. I've been, like, tied up. I've been electrocuted. I've... All of it. I tried to run once. Like, I, I did. I tried to get away. And I went to go... There was two beds in the room, and he, the guy was standing in front of me, and the door was behind him. And there was a bit of room over the one bed to get behind him and get out. And I, so I started to go, and I got, like, beside him, and he grabbed me. And just... You just know. And all of a sudden, he started apologizing. I was like, I'm so sorry, I won't do that again. No. <laughs> it seems ridiculous because it's like, why? Why? But I guess it's like survival, you know? They told me that they had a gun. We were sitting on the bed the one day. The two of them were on the bed with me. And the one guy said to the other one to go get it and that they wanted to stick it inside me and see how I like it. <laughs> so. Think I didn't want to die. <laughs> I thought that the only way I was going to get out was I was going to die. As much as they say I didn't want to die, there was a lot of times I would sit there and think like that I just wanted them to end it. <laughs> because I was so worn down and feeling so crappy and like I didn't think that I was any good for my son anymore. I was worried that he wouldn't even remember me anymore because he was really young. One of the guys that I had been seeing, he had come to see me a few times. He was one that wasn't so bad. He was young. So, I had asked him to write down his number for me. And they would always have the money. Like, as soon as I got the money, like it would have to go directly to them. And they knew how much it was going to be because they were the ones like negotiating prices. So anyways, I ended up being able to, like, hide $10. I got to hide $10. And I had planned it for, like, days. So, like, I took off, and I don't know if they were behind me. I just kept going, and I was in Sudbury again. And I had, like, I was, I remember crossing the street, and I was trying to get to the Tim Hortons. And a car started beeping, and, I'm, like, I can guarantee you it was them. As soon as I seen the front end of the car, I just, like, took off. There was um, another guy that I had met. Um, his parents. I went to his parents' house, and it was a lady, though. Her name's Christina, and ended up, like, finding me.
she runs, um, like, she's a founder of the Angel's Hope Against Human Trafficking. She's based out of Sudbury. She was the one that helped me get back to my family. And at that point, I was, like, like, I was so, I don't know how you say it. I was angry. I didn't know what to do. Like, I was, I felt a lot of shame. Like, talking to my mom. I didn't know how to talk to my mom. I didn't know what I was going to say to her. So that woman ended up bridging the gap. She was the one that said, I've been talking to your mom for the last nine months. We've been looking for you. Um, she said, do you want to talk to her? And I said, oh, I do want to talk to her, but just please don't tell her not to, not to ask any questions. Because I don't want to answer them right now. And we ended up talking for like two hours on the phone. Yeah, after nine months of no contact. Since I've been back to Barry, the shelter helped me. The Barry Women and Children Shelter. And from there, I came to Redwood. They have helped me tremendously. There was the, like, Veranda and everybody here. It was nice, like, you know, being able to, if you need to come down talk to somebody they're right there you can like text them and they're they're there mm -hmm. they're on the other end right. because sometimes like i haven't always like i can't always talk to my mom about everything right she is my main support but like there's still things i haven't shared with my mom because i don't think that there's like i'm not saying there's there's stuff that i will never tell anybody anybody ever because i don't think anybody needs to know that while I was in Redwood, they provided me a safe space to begin to rebuild my life. I went and attended Jean Tweed Treatment Center. I completed my program. I have not touched anything since I left Sudbury. I have no desire to. I have a full-time job now. I see my son he comes and stays with me every other weekend and a night in during the week. Because it was a very secured building... It made it a lot easier to have my son come here. Um, I just bought a car. I have my own place. I just, I don't know, I'm doing pretty good. Stories without a home. From Redwood Park Communities, this story has no home. By sharing it online, you're building awareness of our community's homeless problem and offering a real way to help. Visit redwoodparkcommunities.com. Share the stories and spread the hope.